Hello, welcome to the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I'm Jeff Cranson. Ryan Mitchell, for the past 13 years, has focused solely on developing and delivering successful alternative delivery projects and programs across the country. Many of these are major projects that total more than $500 million. Today, he's going to talk to us about a new role he's taking on at the Michigan Department of Transportation as the first director of an office of major projects. Ryan has helped establish and refine the alternative delivery and critical project delivery programs for numerous U.S. transportation DOTs, including those in Nevada, Texas, Alaska, and of course, Michigan established some long-standing and trusting relationships with the Federal Highway Administration's Michigan Division, which will be very important in this new role. And he's got some some big and innovative ideas about what to do to move forward on some of these major projects, especially as we continue to face a decades-long funding crisis for transportation in Michigan. And with resiliency having to be built into the planning now as the climate changes, and we face even more expenses in trying to build and maintain roads and bridges. Okay, so once again, I'm here with Ryan Mitchell, who I explained earlier is the first director of the Office of Major Projects at MDOT. Ryan, congratulations again, and tell us what you see this office becoming and, and you know, what your vision is. Sure. Thanks, Jeff. I uh, really appreciate the opportunity to come on and and, and talk about the Office of Major Projects, and uh, yeah, delighted and, and honored to be selected to lead uh, this new area of MDOT. So MDOT historically has been um, very successful in delivering mega or major projects. Major projects as defined by Federal Highway are projects that, ex- that are $500 million or, or more in costs. MDOT has also delivered many critical projects, projects that are important to MDOT's mission. And, and the Office of Major Projects will include both of these projects, uh, project types, and will also include the Innovative Contracting Unit. The Office of Major Projects will be will standardize major project delivery and create consistent um, performance management expectations and more consistent results for major projects at MDOT. Well, then talk a little bit about your background and and what got you here. Um, You've worked in in several state DOTs. MDOT isn't your your first stop, right? That's true, Jeff. Yeah, so actually my, my, uh, I originally started um, when I was in school, uh, going to school for project management um, at DePaul in Chicago. I worked uh, for construction contractors working in hospitals, so doing vertical construction, very often utilizing design build um, for constructing hospitals and sometimes very old uh, buildings, uh, putting new modern medical facilities in very old, old buildings. And so design build and integrated project delivery uh, was very common. Um, we moved away from from where I was from in Chicago to to Nevada, and I joined the Nevada Department of Transportation, where I uh, supported their alternative delivery program. Um, at the time, they were establishing their design build and CMGC. They they refer to as CMAR uh, program, and so was uh, very fortunate to use my 
uh, background with construction and alternative delivery to to support uh, transportation alternative delivery project um, development. So from Nevada DOT, I went into consulting um, and uh, continued to deliver projects in uh, major uh, design build projects in Nevada. And from Nevada, uh, I moved to Texas where everything is bigger and worked on some of the largest uh, transportation projects in, in U.S. history uh, on their um, very large alternative delivery program, um, mostly P3, but also design build, very large design build projects in Texas. And actually, one of the things that I worked on that um, is, is very important background for the Office of Major Projects was um, performance monitoring of major projects, um, both federal requirements for major projects and just the performance of design and construction of those projects. So that is one thing that I'll bring to this role. Uh, and I think it's a critically important aspect of how we will uh, lead this new area of MDOT. So let's assume for a minute that there may be at least one listener who's not tremendously steeped in in construction and road construction and bridge construction. Give us a little bit of a glossary of of the terms and the different kinds of alternative project delivery that you're talking about. Sure. So at MDOT, we very commonly use traditional delivery where we design uh, and then uh, let a project and then the contractor builds it in accordance with the design documents provided by, by MDOT. Another method that we use is called CMGC, Construction Manager General Contractor. That is where we hire a designer, but we also hire the contractor to um, provide commentary on the design and to provide cost, risk, and schedule information during the design to help us improve our, um, our cost and schedule certainty and, and our risk management approach to the project. That's called CMGC, as I mentioned. We also utilize design build where we hire a single entity um, to design and construct a project. Uh, in accordance with with specifications that we establish in, a, in an approximately 30% design, that's design build. We also utilize public-private partnerships or P3s at MDOT, which is where we initiate a, a partnership with a private sector developer usually that often consists of design, construction, finance, and often operations and maintenance or just maintenance of the project for a given term, usually 20 plus years of operations and maintenance along with the design, construction and financing of the project. Those are commonly used at MDOT. Uh, one emerging uh, delivery model that MDOT is now utilizing is progressive design build. It's a bit of a hybrid between CMGC and design build. We hire a design build team to support the development of the project um, and provide risk, costs, and schedule information uh, in a progression of design uh, where we, we look at the cost, schedule, and risk as, it, as the design matures. So that, that's kind of a, a, a quick briefing on delivery models um, that we use at MDOT. These are all used on um, very large projects, but also um, some smaller projects as well. So tell me, I guess, I'm, I'm wondering about the pros and cons of each, because it seems like 
it, it takes a while for some people to get on board with this, whether they think there's not enough oversight by the governing unit or it's, you know, sets up more opportunity for cutting corners or various things. So, you know, what are the pros and cons of these kinds of alternative deliveries? It's a great question, Jeff. So, yes, uh, not every project is suitable for alternative delivery. That That is true. Some of the things that um, make a project suitable for alternative delivery is a high level of complexity. That is a very good fit for a CMGC project. Um, very often, MDOT utilizes CMGC for very uh, complex um constructability issues related to often bridges that are either remote or just have very challenging um, construction uh, uh, rehab fixes. That is a common use of CMGC. Design build is a tool which um, we like to use when we think, hey, this is this is a, a project where the private sector could really provide some innovation. There are several ways that we could deliver this interchange, for example, or we could design this maintenance of traffic scheme during construction or um, even a bridge, you know, for example. We think that we'd like to see some competition to spur innovation around this design. Design build is a very good fit for that. Uh, design build construction, uh, designing and construction is often, often used in a P3 scenario. A P3 is a, a good fit when the agency may want to contract for the maintenance services, operations and maintenance services for an asset for a long term and may want the private sector to finance the project, you know, with with repayment by by the, the DOT. So those are some of the, the driving reasons behind why we utilize those those delivery models. And then finally, I'll comment on the, the newest of our delivery models, progressive design build. That is a tool as I mentioned before, that combines CMGC and design build, aspects of CMGC and design build. And it's a terrific fit for projects where we know that there will be challenges in the development of the project that we want the contractor's input on schedule uh, and, and the cost and the risk of, of permitting, for example, the environmental process and, and, and maybe stakeholder engagement as well. Um, so having a team that consists of the designer and the contractor to help us through that development allows us to have a very high certainty around cost and schedule as we enter into the construction phase. So going back to your work in Texas, it's no secret that Michigan has been in you know a decades-long underfunding crisis for transportation infrastructure. No solution on the horizon. Some some aggressive bonding has helped uh, fill some holes with some big projects, fixing some of the most important roads in, in the state, obviously. But when you look at your time in Texas, which is a growth state, growing tax base, been aggressive about tolling, frankly, just able to do a lot more with their system than we're able to here. Uh, how do you think, I mean, when you start even talking about $500 million or more, uh, how difficult that is to to fathom here in Michigan, but how, how does that make you feel in terms of the challenge? I think you're talking about um, a lack of a sustainable funding source for our transportation network. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, you and I talk about this frequently, and it's something I think we have a lot in common on. And, and yes, I think we have more need than we have funding. 
and roads are very expensive. They're more expensive to maintain um, than than the funding that that we have to to reconstruct and maintain them. There are many creative ways to to finance and fund roads. Uh, you mentioned bonding, and that is that is essentially you know we we've utilized that uh, in the state. But but honestly, you know that I'm kind of a, a user fee advocate, and uh, and I and I actually do think there's a lot of promise. Um, in in looking at alternative uh, funding sources for transportation, um, I believe in a user pay system, and because all users benefit from the transportation network, and I also believe in depoliticizing uh, roadway funding, which which in many ways tolling does. Yeah, well, you've heard my idea about treating roads like a public utility and uh, taking it out of elected officials' hands, and you know letting a a public service commission kind of entity make these decisions because we don't ask the legislature to keep the lights on. So, sure, um, well, and everybody pays their fair share of of those uh, necessary utilities, right? Just like we pay a cell phone bill, a cable bill, if we're going to use our cell phone, if we're going to subscribe to cable, you know, we we have no objection to paying for that. Uh, roads are very similar uh, in that way. I actually, traveled in Europe this this summer, and um, you know, every High-speed, high-performance facility I was on was a tolled facility, and uh, honestly, it, it, it uh, you know, it, it's something that I see eventually evolving. Um, it's just uh, what we do in the meantime with our uh, the economic, the, the backbone of our economy in, in this country, which is our transportation network. Yes, you were paying those tolls even while you were paying much higher prices for fuel too. I was. I was. <laughs> Stay with us. We'll have more on the other side of this important message. The Michigan Department of Transportation reminds you to slow down, follow all signs, and pay attention when driving through work zones. Because all employees deserve a safe place to work. Work zone safety. We're all in this together. So how do you even get your head around a project when you're talking these kinds of numbers? Um, You know, I got to believe when you think about the context. Uh, I'm reminded of the the quote of the. It's often attributed to a long ago Illinois Senator Everett Dirksen, a billion here, a billion there. Pretty soon you're talking about real money. Mega projects, uh, you know, demand rigorous structure and oversight to be successful. But how do you break that down in your mind? I mean, doesn't it just kind of overwhelming when you start thinking about a project that costs more than 500 million dollars? Uh, it can be overwhelming. It can be overwhelming, and and historically, uh, the the need for a major project has been fairly sporadic, but they are also uh, consistent over time. And so, through establishment of this new division within MDOT's Bureau of Development, um, we we can provide for a consistent and efficient management of mega projects. Um, essentially, what you know, if you think about the group that's being integrated here. It's some of the most talented people at MDOT. There's really some amazing um, uh, project managers in, in this new division. So it's really about providing resources for those mega project managers um, that currently report to various bureaus. And previously, they reported to, to various bureaus and regions of MDOT. Um, and bringing them together, they can collaborate and they can craft standard, consistent performance expectations and, and, and criteria, and that'll result in a more predictable, efficient, and consistent result for our mega projects. Um, 
I see the use of standard procedures and templates, a more consistent communication protocol for our major projects, um, resulting in improved performance for these uh, mega project managers. And, and that translates to improved stakeholder outcomes, improved costs and schedule outcomes, improved quality and project lifecycle outcomes, and improved public trust and accountability, which is really what we're hoping to achieve with this new this new office, Jeff. I uh, I'm in in awe of your uh, optimism and willingness to take on this challenge, and I just really appreciate it because when I think about what's going on with our already inadequately funded system and a lack of a sustainable solution, as you mentioned earlier, and now we've got you know, a, a rapidly changing climate to deal with, and that's adding to the cost of these projects. How do you factor in building for resiliency into the, your development plans? It's a great question. And and uh, I, I was actually just having a conversation with uh, our environmental services section about that topic. So I think the current administration is offering funding opportunities for sustainability. I think we'll see a growing need and recognition of building sustainability and resiliency into our projects. And it's just a matter of how we respond to those opportunities and, and you know, how MDOT is prepared to capitalize on those opportunities. I don't have a silver bullet as to how we're going to address the funding shortfalls, but MDOT is positioned to capitalize on those opportunities with the current um, state government administration and, and the federal government administration. And I think when we capitalize on those opportunities through grant funding or through earmarks or through federal... Um, the federal grant uh, process? Yes, but also formula funds, right? Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. The, the mix of funding that we have currently, um, the job of the, the, the new Office of Major Projects is to package those projects and, and manage the performance of those projects so that we're prepared and can deliver when those opportunities arise. When you talk about that and you put it in the context of funding and you know what we're able to do, uh, just maybe so that we have a little bit of an understanding, can you talk about a couple of things going on now or, or soon on the drawing board that would fit as major projects? Absolutely. Well, I'd like to draw attention to a project in, in Detroit on I-75, the Segment 3 project, which combines a major roadway improvement um, project, bridges and roads, a large segment of, of I-75, Interstate 75 in, in, in the Detroit metro region. But it also includes a, a, a massive sustainability and resiliency project with uh, a stormwater water detention tunnel. The project just reach substantial completion on time with uh, no claims uh, against MDOT by the contractor. And it's just a huge success for MDOT. And it actually is a P3 project. Not only is it a major project, but it's a public-private partnership project. And we just reached uh, substantial completion. The project is managed by Mark Dubay, who will be in the Office of, of Major Projects. And the project will be maintained by the contractor, Oakland County Partners, for a 25-year term. Really, really successful, and it kind of hits all those notes, um, Jeff, that you mentioned. Well, yeah, that's a great example, especially with the the tunnel to store water and then kind of meter it out, because as we've talked about here before and uh, probably can't talk about often enough, that we kind of created this idea 
back when there was some major flooding about 10 years ago and then a couple times since then that the reason that the freeways flood is because the the power fails um there's no backup power to the pumps and if the pumps can't work the freeways flood well all the pumps and generators in the world aren't going to matter if there's no place for the water to go and so what yeah what you and people involved in the i-75 project have done have figured out an innovative way to to store that water until until the the tributaries and the ground can take it in so we'll be it'll be really eager to watch that yeah and we do have additional similar projects potentially um if if we can secure grant funding for uh to continue to provide um additional resiliency to the freeway network in in detroit because uh, much of it are depressed you know include depressed sections and that creates the drainage challenge that you referenced where we've got pump stations available that that can pump the water out but if they're pumping into outlets that don't have capacity then they're just cycling and not actually removing the water yeah and the last thing i want to say about the innovations that are part of that 75 project overall is the addition of michigan's first hov lane that bill uh was discussed in the senate today and looks like maybe with some amendments it should be out of there soon and you know that's a historic first for michigan and maybe it's a baby step i know i've talked before to people that you know it sounds like we're jumping into the 20th century and the 21st century but um it could lead to better things in the future right i agree i think um that um, is a capacity improvement um and and certainly more of the like uh, could benefit our customers absolutely yeah well ryan thanks uh we'll be talking more as uh you you know kind of develop your office and as these projects go forward and especially if uh, we start to see more funding one way or another both from the federal government and from some some state solutions so uh you've got a lot going on and i i wish you luck thank you so much jeff i appreciate the opportunity again uh we're so excited to begin this this new office with an mdot and 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 to continue to deliver MDOT's mission. I'd like to thank you once more for tuning in to Talking Michigan Transportation. You can find show notes and more on Apple Podcasts or Buzzsprout. I also want to acknowledge the talented people who help make this a reality each week, starting with Randy Debler, who skillfully edits the audio, Jesse Ball, who proofs the content, Courtney Bates, who posts the podcast to various platforms, and Jackie Salinas, who transcribes the audio to make it accessible to all.